it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> what a senseless waste of human life. Harry, you made your debut on the Cheese Room podcast tonight. How'd you feel it went? Yeah, obviously. Uh, nice to get a call up and uh, play on such a big podcast platform. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed uh, enjoyed the podcast with the lads. And uh, hopefully, we you know we can do it again. You know, there were some technology issues tonight. How did you feel that went? <laughs> yeah, obviously difficult for uh, Brendan is in uh, Brazil at the moment and uh, you know <laughs> I love a Brazilian just ask Kate uh, <laughs> but yeah you know next time hopefully uh, you know, it should be better and uh, hopefully uh, you know he can come on our podcast as well Hello Cheeseheads and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast this is Brendan your host for the show joining me to look back on that one more victory over Fulham we have an all-star lineup for you first up from Sky Sports News we're delighted to welcome Jamie Weir Jamie welcome to the Cheese Room. how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad. Thanks for having me. I've just about recovered from that. I have to say it was fairly horrible watching for the for, for the last half hour, sort of brought back horrible reminders of Palace and Wolves and the Fulham match at home as well. So I had that horrible sort of sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. But hey, we grind out the three points. We won ugly and that's all that matters. We're also delighted or very excited to be joined by Kiss FM DJ and host of the excellent Same Old Spurs podcast, the one and only Majestic. Welcome to the show, mate. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, very similar to Jay there. Just uh, last 30 minutes of that game, not nice, but three hard thought uh, points and that penalty decision that went in our favour. I like to think it's the universe balancing itself out with that ridiculous decision against Newcastle. So I'll take that. Yes. See, they do even out over the season, these things. Or you'd like to think they do anyway. So yeah, Also joining uh, from somewhere up north is a caller. Call mate, have you ever DJed or hosted a sports show? Uh, hey, dear mate. Um, only this one uh, from time to time. Uh, no, apart from that, uh, yeah, not really. I've been interviewed outside the ground once, but I think that was for Asia TV or something. I never, it never saw the light of day. So, uh, no, um, it would be the answer. But I'm open to offers. So if anyone's listening, you know, sign me up. My career in, re- my career in retail is quite lucrative, but I'm open to offers. Jay, I've got a, I've got a question for you. Go on, shoot. 
do you do you do the um, you know transfer deadline day where they get you all standing outside a football ground? Yes, I do. What's your weirdest experience doing that? Oh my gosh, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Weirdest experience. Well, I'll tell you what, this isn't really weird. It's just like basically the most disgusting. But there was that day that everybody will probably remember the transfer that there was the last transfer deadline day we had with fans before we started demanding the clubs let us inside stadiums. And you might remember my colleague Alan Irwin got a purple dildo in his ear that day. Um, and somebody else had a sort of blow up sex doll held up behind me. Well, I, I got spat on that day from about oh, a man that was standing about three centimetres behind me, just went oh. right at the back of my head whilst I was in the middle of some live television. So that's th- awful. I know, that's that's a pretty unpleasant story. I'm, I hope nobody's having their breakfast or lunch. While uh, uh, what, supporters, what supporters were those? Who can we uh, put the knife into? Um, that's a good question. I honestly can't remember. Definitely wasn't Spurs fans, I'm delighted to say. Uh, there you go. Where was I that day? Got- we're, we're far more honourable. We'd spit in your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We'd be looking in your eyes. Yeah. Tell you. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I don't condone that kind of behaviour, and it was probably Chelsea. We, we need this in the background, Jay. Now he feels at home. <laughs> yeah. <I do. laughs> Thank you so Come much. Give us some transfer deadline day news. Come on, Jay. <laughs> 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 oh, mate, I can't wait to get your impressions through the through this podcast as well. I'm going to spring a few impressions. Oh, to, nice to, to, to bash out for us. I can't wait. Uh, cool, I did see today that you had your COVID vaccines. Are you, you feeling all right after that? I've, yeah, so far so good. But that could just be the Camden Pale Ale talking. Um, yeah, I only had it a couple of hours ago, so I'll give it the morning before I break in, break out in you know sweats and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, so far so good, mate. I mean, what's funny is everyone keeps asking me, is it because you're over 50? You <laughs> no, I'm 39. I'm 39. I just look like, like I'm old because I've been sporting Spurs since I was 11. Um, yeah, no. That's what no. it does to us. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> wicked, wicked. Well, let's crack into the, the review then. Uh, lineups, as we always do, we start with the lineup. Majestic, let's start with you. Uh, yes. the, big, the big question in that lineup was probably the fullbacks. Uh, we only did look like a big time of knocks. That explained. Doherty playing, although again, you're like, but, but Ben Davies. Yeah, well, we always say on our pod about Ben Davies, he's probably a lovely lad. He seems like such a lovely lad. He's the kind of guy that go out for your, for your nan and get the groceries. Don't worry, I'll go to the next village to get your nana's groceries. No problem. Like, he's that kind of guy. So I never want to say nothing bad about him because he does look like a lovely chap. But for me, he's not good enough. Like, and today, again... He looked exposed at times. To be fair to him, he was solid. He got into a few few uh, tackles that I was like, go on, son. You know, I, I am backing him. I want him to do well. But when you've got someone like Reggie, he's just, he's just a different level. And when you watch him bomb forward and cut inside, there's so much more about his game. And it kind of is back towards uh, a top, top Danny Rose when Danny Rose was at the peak of his career at Spurs. Uh, the Doc got another look in today. Uh, the doc is uh, someone that we always say on our podcast uh, is like definitely up the Irish centre in Tottenham. He's that guy like, I'm an Irish centre, bruv. Check me out on the TV at the Irish centre, bruv. Like, he looks like that kind of kid in Tottenham. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, his, his end product today, first half, wasn't great. Uh, he was... He was getting doubled up on, on that, that side, so it was hard for him. But for me... The one good thing about Doherty coming to Spurs is Aurier's got better because he's having to yeah. fight for his place. If if Aurier could take his stupidity out of his game, 
he'd be an excellent player because because he's got ability. However, uh, there is the stupidness in in him. But um, listen, as we said, it was a difficult game. We got the three points. But against better opposition, I think those two, they're just they're going to get found out time and time again. Yeah. Jamie, do we know the nature of Aurier's injury? Like, how bad is it? Do you, how long is he out for? Do we know? I don't know. I think he came off on Sunday as just a little bit of a precaution. I don't think it's a particularly serious injury. And I would suspect that he'll be back for Palace on Sunday with, again, you know, Reggie on the other side. So, um, yeah, you look, there's no two ways about it. Doherty and Davis are obviously second string. And we got away with it tonight playing the two of them. Um, Doherty's just a bit of a mystery because anytime we used to play against him when he was in a Wolves shirt, he absolutely tore us to shreds. And it just hasn't happened for him at Spurs. And he actually didn't have too bad a start to the season. And then, if you remember, he tested positive for COVID mm-hmm. whilst he was on international duty with Ireland. And he hasn't been the same since. And I was just, you know, I wonder whether it could be the sort of the long-term effects of COVID or something like that, or whether it's just a massive dip in confidence. That You know, his confidence looks as if it's on the floor at the moment. Um you know, I have to say, unlike Majestic, I, I maybe I'm the sole member of the Ben Davis fan club. I absolutely, you know, he's not he's not Sergio Regulon. Don't get me wrong, but anytime I see any Spurs fans getting on his case, I'm like, look, he's given us eight years of being reliable, dependable. You know, <laughs> but, but, you but know, Jay, you know when you say he's given eight years, he's given eight years of absolutely nothing. I, uh, no, that's unfair. No, I want to. Look, I'm going to come in here and say he's given us eight years of being bang average. Yep. Oh, that's, uh, that's that's what he's given us. The guy, the guy is a good player. I'm not disputing that. He's a Welsh international. We all know how high quality that Welsh international team is. Um, look, he's a solid backup. That's what I would that's say. It. Exactly. No, and also I'm saying he's 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 a great squad player to have. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he he's the backup. You know, we'd we'd all have to see Sergio starting every single game. But I'm with you on Doherty. He's a mystery because, you know, my dad's a Wolves season ticket holder. Loved the guy. Absolutely yeah. loved him. Um, was gutted when, when we got him on the cheap. And it, it just hasn't worked out at all. Yeah. It hasn't worked out at all. Doherty should be, on paper, fantastic right back, but he's just... You never know whether it's going to be one of those things that it's just, it's just one, it's his first season settling into a club and, you know, We've seen it with, with so many players. Tangy last season, Sissoko a while back. They have that first season where they're just not at the races at all and then they, they sort of finally get their feet under the table and they're vastly improved in their second season. So let's hope it's the same with Doherty, but Majestic's spot on. The, the main effect that he's had so far is to turn Serge Aurier into a far better right-back. Which is Can I just cut back, in, cut back in on the Ben Davies thing? Just to give you some hindsight over how bang average he is. Reggie, 15 games for us, three assists in the Premier League. Uh, ben Davies, in the last three seasons, 60-odd games, one assist. Like, there's the difference. Do you know what I mean? And the thing is, I know he's a different player, and I always say I think he actually suits being in a back three as the left side of that three. Like, because he, yeah, he, you know, he plays centre half for Wells, and he's he's a good yeah. defender. But in this modern day of of the of the of Premier League, especially, is if you are on the on the the right side of the left side of defence, you need to be able to get back 
get up top as well and do something because we don't have wingers nowadays. It's not, a, you know, gone are the days of having a fantastic winger, you know, even Rule Fox for Spurs getting up and down the wing back in the day. You know, that, those kind of players are gone now. So you are expected to do a lot when you play those those positions. Yeah, so it I is agree. difficult. As I say, he's probably a lovely lad. He's definitely going to get your nan's groceries from the next village. <laughs> in Wells, five miles away. He's that kind of bloke. So I've got love for him, but for me, I'm out. <laughs> well, Jamie, stick with you. What did you make of the opening yeah. exchanges leading up to the goal? Well, first 10 minutes, I thought we were pretty quiet and we took a bit of time to grow into the game. But then there was, from then on, and for the rest of the first half, we were in, we were dominant and in complete control. And yeah, it was the front four that we've all been crying out for for such a long time now. And I thought Delhi was really good, actually. Um you know, was always showing for the ball, always getting himself in, in good positions. Um, final pass wasn't always great, but, you know, he, he's, again, somebody who's just going to get better with every minute he's playing at the moment. Um, Bale, again, I thought was not quite as spectacular as he was on Sunday against Burnley, but was decent. Um, I actually thought of the four, Sonny was the one who probably had the quietest game. He just looks as if he's knackered at the moment, to be honest. Um but look, quiet first 10 minutes, I thought, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. And then we dominated for the rest of the first half and we probably should have been. It was almost like a carbon copy of when we played Fulham at home. We should have been out of sight probably at half time, um, with the number of chances we created in the first half and we didn't. And then we were clinging on for dear life in the second half. But look, positive signs in, in the first half and then the second half wasn't as pretty to watch. There's no two ways about it. I mean, what's interesting here is Brendan has disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Brazilian internet. Welcome along, boys and girls, to the Cheese Room Podcast, somewhere in the Amazonian jungle with Brendan. With fast internet speeds of up to half a gigabyte a second. That's right, half a gigabyte a second. Flying in all the way, Majestic, Jamie, and of course, Cola. This is the Cheese Room Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. I have that effect. I have that effect on my wife and children all the time. When I start talking, they just should we carry on without him? Yeah, one hundred percent. Welcome yeah. along to the cheese <laughs> room. Now taking over the Fuller <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie. Uh, <laughs> we are now talking about the Fulham game that happened tonight. One nil. Uh, let's talk to Cooler. What do you think about um, Bell's resurgence over the last couple of games? In this game, again, drop deep, put a good ball through to Delhi, and we was away. Bale's resurgence is um, is nothing. I mean, if you listen to the show, I've been calling for this all season. Bale is a world class talent. He he is outside of Kane. He's probably the only recognised world class player we've got, and he needs games. He needs games. He needs consistently playing. And uh, he's finally getting some of that. So it's no surprise we're seeing positive output from one hundred percent. But you know what? Thing is, what I think, and I and I tweeted this at the weekend after the Burnley game. This is the most unprecedented season in history. It's absolutely knackering. Every team is completely shagged at the moment. Mm. And just at the point of the season when everyone is exhausted and just running on the fumes, we've suddenly got a player coming on into the team who's fresh as a daisy, a four-time Champions League winner who's fresh as a daisy. And I wonder whether if Bale had been playing three times a week since the very start of the season, whether he still would have had you know, the impact that we saw on Sunday or whether actually it's almost been inadvertently a bit of a masterstroke from Jose to save I mean, him, unleash him. <laughs> I mean, clearly, that was clearly the master plan of that Jose was playing the whole time, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that he doesn't trust him or he's not fit. Yeah. 
Okay, he's taken him a bit of time to to get to to find his fitness and find his confidence and everything. But um, look, if if we saw if we see the bail that we saw on Sunday and we saw against Wolfsburger last week, if we see that for the rest of the season, fucking fantastic. One hundred percent. It's good to see uh, Delhi obviously back in the starting lineup. Uh, not sure about you, gents, but uh, I've been really back in Delhi. Even on on your channel, Jamie, I was on there uh, with, with the guys yeah. on uh, on the morning show with the transfer talking about how much I backed Delhi. Listen. You know, we mentioned the word world-class there with Kola about um, Gareth Bell. Delhi has the potential to be almost world-class on his day, doesn't he? Of course he does. Yeah. And and to get him back into the, the starting lineup, and not just that, I know it was given as a, as an own goal. It, it's a goal that obviously he celebrated with Sonny and you could see what it, it meant to him and the boys. And, and the fact that they got around him like that really does suggest that there is team spirit and he's still definitely a part of that squad. Uh, massively. And, you know, I, I've been one of Delhi's biggest sort of defenders throughout the little sort of slump that he's had. And look, it's lasted longer than we probably would have liked. Um, and people have said, it, it, it annoys me sometimes how quickly some of the fan base on Twitter in particular turn on players. And Delhi has definitely been a player that some fans have turned on and said, look, he's never going to rediscover the mojo. He's been shit for two years now. I'm like, look, the guy's 24 years of age. Let's have a little bit of patience. He's clearly got ability and... Um, I would just be I was always one of the ones that was sort of just urging let's have some patience let's stick with him he will find it again and look he's not quite the deli of 2016-2017 just yet but there are definitely little green shoots of recovery 100% Madge do, Madge do you think he's got a future with Mourinho at the helm because Mourinho seems to be playing him fairly reluctantly and I think we're all agreed the guy's got talent and I, for one, you know, I, I love Delhi and what Delhi's done for the, you know, in his time with Tottenham has been nothing short of sensational, really. And yeah, the last two years he's fallen below. But do you think Mourinho rates him, and do you think there's a future for him at the club? Yeah, as for Delhi, you know, um, someone that I've I've backed myself, even on Sky Sports with with Jamie's mob talking about Delhi, saying how much you know, as Spurs fans, we love him, and I think. You know, you mentioned it as well, Jay, about people getting on players' backs on online and on social media. And someone like Delhi has been a big part of our team for the last few years. And yeah, you know, last couple of seasons, he's not delivered to the levels that he did at first. But, you know, that can happen. And hopefully he's got his head right. And Dombele was, was ready to leave the club because of similar things with Jose. And he managed to, to, to turn it around. And, and hopefully Delhi goes out of his way to, to show that he, he's got that hunger, that bit between the teeth again. And I think him not going to PSG and knowing that he's, he's here and he's obviously going to want to get into the, Euro, the Euros and it's very difficult in that position right now because there's yeah, so that. much talent in, in our England team right now in that position. So I, I think in terms of his plans, listen, if we're talking about Ben Davies being a good squad player, then Deli Ali, geez, he definitely is a good squad player, let alone a starter. So, you know, for me, he's the kind of player that, you know, we, we need a in form and on the ball. So let's hope that he's, he's, he's turning it around now. Because I think tonight's performance, you know, I've not looked at any of his stats yet, but he seemed to be pressing really hard in the first half and he was working hard. Yeah. You know, Colin, you asked the question, you asked there, you know, does he have a future under Jose? I think we all know, and Daniel Levy knows as well, that Dele Alli is going to last longer at Tottenham than Jose Mourinho yes. is. Which is. Why he was so adamant that he stayed during the January transfer window because... You know, it might be this summer that there's a change of management. It might be the summer after. Who knows? But Delhi Alley will be a big part of Tottenham Hotspur for a long time to come. Yeah. I got a question. I got a question for you both, though, guys, um, and you too, if your internet holds up, uh, Brent. Um, was it a was it a goal? 
that was disallowed with VAR? Should it have been a goldy thing? You know what? If it's the letter of the law, then it's not a goal. Uh, and that is what we've been done with. As I said, that game against Newcastle, where, you know, we should have took the three points and we got penalised. You know, we, we, we've been on the receiving end of some bad decisions. They've got to even themselves out. And as Kevin De Bruyne said the, uh, the other week, he doesn't know the rules anymore. And if, if the players don't, I certainly don't. So I don't know about you, Jay. Oh, 100%. That, that's exactly it in a nutshell, that... By the letter of the law, it is a handball. You might not like the rule. If it was up the other end of the field, I'd have been absolutely livid. But, you know, it was a handball and that's that. And it makes up for not just the Newcastle game when obviously we were done by that, but the the, the Southampton game the weekend before that, had we been winning that 2-1, I know we were winning at 5-1 at the time, but we had a ridiculous handball penalty awarded against us in that game as well. So, you know, it, it, that old cliche does even itself out over the course of the season. And if I was a Fulham fan, I'd have been livid. If it had been at the other end of the field, I'd have been livid. But that's the rule. It's a stupid rule, but it's the rule. Well, I thought Sanchez did well today. I really think the bar is low, bearing in mind some of his performances this season, but... Again, again, there are some good signs from, from Davinson. Look, Sanchez, what does he give you? He gives you pace in your bat line and he gives you no positional awareness or communication with his teammates whatsoever. And he gives uh, you anxiety whilst watching the football. <laughs> absolutely. He gives, you, he gives you proper anxiety. So I think in all fairness, look, Sanchez, there is a player in there. We don't scout someone and pay the amount of money um, prized out of Daniel Levy's wallet for, for a player yeah. that, that, is, that is shit. Let's be honest. Um, but Sanchez, for whatever reason, this season has been completely off it and he wasn't overly convincing last season. Maybe it's the fact that Jose told him pretty much when he took over that, oh, I targeted you in the Europa League final. Um, and maybe it's down to confidence. But it's great to see him picking up some form, hopefully. Uh, two good, two or three good games on the bounce. Um, let's hope he kicks on from here because we need him. We need him. You know, our alternatives at centre-back are, you know, Toby, who I'm sure we all agree top-class player, and Dyer, who is inconsistent to say the least. I, I, yeah. just, I mean, I think Sanchez was, was class against Burnley on, yeah, on Sunday. He made um, a couple of really good blocks. Yeah. His, I thought his positional awareness was really good against Burnley. Um, I think this, the secret with Sanchez and with Eric Dyer is if they've got the calming influence of Toby Oliveira alongside them, they're absolutely Agreed. fine. They just, yeah. can't, they just can't play together. And, you know, there was a lot of sort of short-termism, revisionism um, when we had that dodgy run of, of late in recent weeks because the f- defence wasn't that shit over the first half of the season. And when it was just consistently Toby and Dyer at the back, it was absolutely fine. For some reason, we moved away from that. And then we were chopping and changing the whole time. And Joe Roden was flowing in, thrown in. I think we've got a player there for the future. Maybe he's not right for, ready for right now. But... Dyer and Sanchez together give me heart palpitations. <laughs> but one of them is playing alongside Toby, who's still a Rolls-Royce, mm. albeit a Rolls-Royce with quite a few miles on the clock. They look absolutely fine. And I think this evening, it was more sort of wasteful Fulham finishing uh, or just Fulham not having a cutting edge, which is the story of their season, mm. rather than Davinson having a great game. But I thought against Burnley, he was really, really good. I'm just going to put it out there that I reckon I could play centre-back and look good next to Toby. <laughs> I know what you mean though but you know what here's a stat for you uh, I think that was another clean sheet this evening so that is eight out of nine of our clean sheets in the Premier League this season Toby started so as Jay was saying I don't know where this sort of thing from Jose was to chop and change that mm-hmm. Toby is the Rolls Royce 
You have their boss and you have someone next to him. And that, as you said, Jay, the calming influence of Toby, you know, he doesn't make rash decisions. Yeah, I think there's been a few times we've looked at him and thought, hang about the legs have gone here. However, because he's such an intelligent defender, the geezer still plays for Belgium. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he knows where to be. And I think when you're a good defender and there, are, there aren't many around, you, you've got an intelligence about you. And I think sometimes that's overlooked because if you look at Ledley, and obviously he's, he's the king, literally, you know, yeah. his his intellect as a defender, positional sense, he was just phenomenal. And again, even very similar with him, when Ledley King was, at, you know, at his peak and Michael Dawson was next to him, he made Michael Dawson look awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's very similar with the, with the Toby situation there. I think Toby and Sanchez is a good pairing because obviously, as you mentioned, he's got the pace and so he can make up for the legs of, of Toby. So yeah, I think long may it continue that Toby is... The, the main starter there because again in Toby you have a proven top international playing in that position and I think that that can be overlooked sometimes my question my question, my question is Jamie you, you, you yeah, tell sorry. me this right if I can see that Mads can see that you can see that Brent can see yeah. that and literally we have a Patreon chat and 20 people saying play Toby every week play Toby every week what is the Jose issue well look all I would say to that is that these are the guys that see him in training every single day of the week. And they're the ones that have the endless streams of data and all that kind of information. So th there must be a reason behind it. I know that we all as fans are scratching our heads sometimes. Um, I would hope that the performances of late have convinced him that Toby has to be the first name in the team sheet or the first name of the back four of the team sheet anyway. Um, mm. Speaking of Ledley, just to sort of pick up on Madge's point, I know it's sacrilege to ever criticise Ledley King, so I'm not <laughs> doing that. But you've got one of the one of England's most underrated and greatest defenders of all time there as an assistant coach at the club. Why is he not improving Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer? Or maybe he is, but it's just so gradual that we haven't quite seen it yet. But you would hope that Ledley would have the kind of impact where he could, you know, get a tune out of those guys, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, on on the Ledley subject, like we um, sometimes being a great player doesn't necessarily mean that they will be a great coach. I think it was yeah. Bobby Moore was obviously an incredible defender in his time, but when it when it came to coaching and management, he really wasn't up to it. And I'm not saying that's the case here with Ledley. I love the guy. He is, he is Tottenham through and through. He is the definition of a Tottenham legend. But some people have that gift of, of being able to coach people and some don't. And maybe that's the case here. I might be jumping the gun. Like you say, it might be a gradual process, but it's worth considering. I think it's fair to yeah. say he's still learning. It, you know, as a coach, yeah, you know, he's been, in that, he's been in that job a very small uh, time. And you don't know how much authority he has <laughs> over the coach over the coaching, you know, is all I would say. I think he's, his job role isn't even a coach, is it? Isn't he an analyst or something? Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's first team coach, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the, the defensive <sighs> coach. So you're right, his, his, his role is quite hazy. Just, just Madge, I just was wondering what you think Aaron Hansen would say about Eric Dyer at the moment, because <laughs> It Dyer looks like he's going to be the full guy here. And and uh, what do you think Hansen will make of? Listen, for me, it's bad. Eric Dyer, what's he doing? I look every game, no clue. He's looking at Sanchez, terrible as well, so bad. Exactly that. Dyer, should he be playing for Tottenham? For me, no way. <laughs> 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 
That was sort of like Alan Hansen and Graham Souness's love child. That was Alan Hansen and, and Barry White combined. <laughs> yeah, I got, got a couple of semitones up for Alan. But uh, yes, it wasn't Roy Keane's love child. He hates us, doesn't he? Oh, Roy. Jeez. Uh, if you got Roy Keane, you can pull out the bag here. Pogba, what's all that about? Have I? Pogba for everything. If you want to do a Roy Keane, just just literally, he could Roy Keane could be in Tesco's and they haven't got stock for what he wants. He literally just goes to a woman in Tesco and go, you know, Pogba, what's all that about playing for Man United? Pogba, come on. That's that's all he do. Come on, Jamie. Jamie, give us your best, mate. You tell me Aria (laughs) and Davis are the best. Fullbacks they can find an absolute disgrace. I'm saying they're a good squad. I'm not saying all the players are good, Roy. I'm not saying all the players are good, but you said you play Kane and Son. Yeah, you know, terrific players. Jamie, are you telling me that Eric Dyer gets in the top four side? He plays for England, Roy. He plays for England, Roy. <laughs> right, can, can, I just, yeah, no. can I just ask Brent, can you sample that and just put that on the tweet, yeah? <laughs> that's the trailer for the pod right there. I do have to be careful because he is a colleague of mine, so I probably shouldn't be and, taking and the it, And let's face it, it would all say stuff behind his back, but to his face, fuck that. <laughs> you know, there was a good question put out, I know we're going off a tangent here, but there was a good question put out on Twitter yesterday, which was, who would win in a fight? Who would win in a scrap? Prime Keen or Prime Sooness. And I'm actually I'm actually going to You don't bust up to Turkey and do what he did in Turkey, bruv. That guy, you see, like yeah. in, in today's language, that man is a bad man, bruv. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he is a certified bad man. He just literally he took the absolute Michael with that one. And uh yeah, I think Sooness would definitely you know what it is as soon as he'll be there, win, lose, or draw. He was there at the end. But the pair of them together would lose to Joe Jordan. Oh, hands down. Joe Jordan, that time in AC Milan, yeah? Literally, like... Gattuso, yeah. He was like, listen, Gattuso, wrong guy, yeah? Besong, you can talk to Besong like that. Me, wrong guy. Just screaming at him, wrong guy. Wrong guy. (laughs) My favourite was Harry Harry at Redknapp after the game. All I knew, there was going to be trouble when Joe took (laughs) his time. Well, you know, Joe's a terrific boy. He's a terrific lady. You know, I love Joe. You know, obviously I love Joe, but you know, Gattuso, you know, he's going to get hurt. Well, guys, we are, we have Palace at the weekend, um, so let's just switch. Um, <clears throat> Jamie, you, you've probably seen more of most of Palace this season. I was not, I might be wrong, but um, what are your thoughts on this season? And are, are they really a one-man team? Or is there more to their game than than Zaha? I mean, the stats would certainly suggest that they, you know, maybe one-man team is harsh, but they're heavily reliant on Zaha, um, especially to have any sort of attacking cutting edge with any Roy Hodgson team you're always going to get an incredibly well-organized defensive unit, and that's what they are. Um, as you said, they have kept two clean sheets against Manchester United and against Fulham, and that game against Brighton, I don't know if any, either any of you guys watched it, but my God, talk about smash and grab. That was one of the greatest smash and grabs I've ever mm. seen. Brighton were just laying siege to the Palace goal, and it was just like a brick wall. And then the 95th minute, they went and snatched it. Uh, an unlikely victory from the jaws of what should have been an almost certain defeat. So, look, they're tough to play against. We saw that when we were at their place in December as well. But there's no doubt that they're limited going forward. Um, You know, to an extent like Fulham this evening, they just can't hit a cow's arse with a banjo in terms of 
scoring goals at the moment, but they're going to be tough to break down. Mm. Well, Madge, one player that's caught my eye this season from them is Eze, uh, but he does look a prospect, doesn't he? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's someone that we pointed out in, when we played him last time. Um, and, you know, he, he's he got that the movement in midfield that can, you know, really drive a team forward as well as, you know, he's decent with the shots. Uh, you know, he, he's a prospect for sure. And, um, you know, this is the thing with the Premier League at the moment. All of these teams have got a few players like this. Do you know what I'm saying? So when you're playing these teams, it's not it's not like it was once upon a time where you can absolutely go and dominate the these so-called, you know, lower teams in the league because they've all got a little bit about them. Like we mentioned, Zaha. And Eze is definitely one of those players. And there's been a few moments this season when I've watched Palace and I've looked at them and thought, like I did with Fulham tonight, there's a few players you look at and you think, hang about this, there's some ability in this team. So, you know, I think... As we know from before, when West Ham got relegated, I hate to say that, uh, but yeah, when West Ham got relegated, it was it was a team that never should have went down. But that happens in the Premier League as well. So they've really got to grind out results. And I I find these kind of games going into them like Fulham tonight. None of them are a given. Look at uh, no, Leicester Burnley no. last night. You know, I, I said that'd be a one-all draw. It was in the end because, especially off the back of a four-nil defeat against us, they were going to set up differently. And you know, Palace now every point matters. So if they can go and get a point against a team like us, that's what they'll go and try and get. Mm. But you know, Mike, that's a really good point that there are no with this. Take t- take Manchester City out of the equation here. Just the, one of the greatest sides we've ever seen. I think it's just what they what they're doing this season is sensational. But if you take them out of it. There really aren't any given results at all. And people would say that that points towards an average Premier League or a, a weak Premier League. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just that the bar has been raised and all of these sides now on their day are capable of beating any other Definitely. side. And I, you look at that Fulham side, there's a couple of really good top quality players who wouldn't look out of t- place in it, inverted commas, top four side. And it's the same with Palace. It's the same with a lot of the clubs that yeah, are down there in the bottom. 100%. Of the table. And, and, and there's a few you, you know, take. There's a few you take. You look at them and you go, I'll take that. And, and the difference is very similar to, to, to like, that's why Villa are doing so well. The Grealishes of this world, the Zahas of this world, they're staying at these clubs. And that's what's making the Premier League interesting because they've all got one, if not two, really good players. And those really good players can make a difference in the team because let's have it right. That was us once upon a time when we had a David Ginola and an Anderton in a very average team. Do you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that is that is exactly what's happening now in the Premier League. And and for us as football fans, not only Spurs fans, it makes it very exciting. And I know myself personally, I'm watching more and more football. And actually, in, even though the fans aren't there, the, the games have been great and it's been really open because there is such talent in the Premier League. You just need to look how English clubs are doing in Europe to realise that it isn't an average Premier League. You know, you've got six English clubs in the, in, you know, sailing through in European competition. Okay, Leicester went out. But uh, the fact that we are brushing European sides aside and struggling in the Premier League more shows you that the quality of the Premier League is decent. We did have a, a quite an easy run in terms of the ties in Europe, but I, I agree. Like the, the, the difference in quality from the Premier League to, to the rest of Europe up until you get to those latter stages in Europe is stark. Um, that's, and there's one stat that I noticed that I, I really enjoyed seeing was that Spurs have the second highest number of goals in all competitions across all of Europe's top five leagues behind Bayern Munich. 
which is crazy. Spurs. On the wow, board. that is big. But like, like we said, we have to look at the, look at the opposition for some of that. Um, but you can only play what's in front of you, as they say. It's the age-old thing in football. And that's one thing I give Jose his credit for. He's not taking any game lightly. And, you know, that is something that might have been Poch's downfall before. You know, he, he looked at other competitions with a, with a different look, you know, because he was so focused on those top four places and, and, and whatever else. And that's why you do fall out of the cup to Colchester, etc. So, you know, the fact that we've got those goals is, is a great start. And the thing is, as well, is we, we have to keep reminding ourselves we've played the most amount of games out of everyone. Like, we've played so many games this season. Anyone in Europe. Exactly. That's why you look at Son, Kane. Kane missed a load of chances tonight and against Burnley that he wouldn't normally miss. It, it's, it's got to be taking its toll on the players. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, as you said, Jay, the, the, the word is unprecedented season. And I think that is something we have to bear in mind sometimes And when we get caught up in our feelings, going, oh, Spurs, manager out, and this, that, and the other. And we've all been there with the frustration. So but we just have to put it into perspective sometimes. But let's also not forget, we've, in terms of Premier League fixtures, we've played pretty much all the big teams twice. Yes. Um, and that, yeah. it, that is massive in terms of the fixture list to come. Massive. <sighs> I keep I reminding we, people of that, Caller. Exactly that. You know, we've City, Liverpool, Chelsea, all done twice. And now they're all playing each other and they're going to take points off of each other. So some a bit similar to City with the way that they started the season. No one was talking about them, kind of written them off. They just got about their business and got on with it. I'm hoping that's what we can do towards top four. Well, look, four points every off the top this four have, Every side of the season is going to have that little dodgy patch. And... You're right. I mean, people back in October were saying, oh, that's it. Guardiola's finished. He hasn't got a clue. City have lost two games now against Spurs and Leicester. Uh, he's got no plan B. Well, Guardiola's going to go at the end of the season. And look what they've done and how they've turned around emphatically. And our dodgy patch, hopefully, has been and gone now. And um, there's not a single game in the Premier League towards the end of the season now that I'm worried about, to be honest. I think every... You know, I, I, I look at Liverpool and Chelsea and City, and those are always games where I think... Yes. Oh, Definitely. to get anything from these games. Whereas the games we've got left now, the h- hardest ones on paper are United at home and Leicester away, which is the very final day of the season. And even those, I'm not like, I'm just like, well, they don't scare me that much. Like in terms of top four, so Jamie, you first, bearing in mind that the fixtures that we have uh, coming up to, to play, top four, yes or no for Spurs? Uh, yes, I'm going to say yes. Not I'm going to say we sneak I'm going to say last day of the season we go to Leicester needing a win to get into the top four and we turn them over. But Gage, how about you? say it's irrelevant because we're going to win the Europa League. I like that. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That is, that is backing it. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to say yes as well because, you know, people have to look at, say, for example, Leicester, who have been sort of, they've, they're the only ones that haven't been out of the top four this season out of everyone in that top four right now. They're the only ones that haven't dropped out. So, you know, they're having a few disappointing results. Lost to Arsenal, drew with Burnley, Madison's out, Barnes is out. Um, you know, they're starting to have injuries. One thing about Leicester is as great as their starting eleven is, the squad might not necessarily be there. And this is the, the, the time of the season where people say, oh, Leicester start, you know, capitulating a little bit. Um, I think that we, we definitely have the, the squad for that bigger and better than someone like Leicester. So we're going to see exactly where our squad is because it will kick in. Leicester have got, you know, still the Man Cities to play, Man United, Chelsea. Leicester's last three games, here you go, last three games for Leicester, yeah? Man United away, Chelsea away, and Tottenham at home. That's their last three games of the season. And the game before Man United is Newcastle, who are going to need points. So... 
as I always say, there's no easy games in the Premier League. Nothing's given. You can't do an accumulator in the Premier League, that's for sure. So I'm going to back us, go for the top four, uh, because I think, like we've all said, I think that dodgy spell might be behind us. And I think Jose might have wised up to a few things. Come on up. Are you top four, yes or no? Um, well, you know, like me, I like my predictions. And um, last season, I seem to remember when Leicester were on a, were on a roll, I, I was the only one saying they're going to fall to pieces. And they did. And I'll tell you now, everything Madge has said on Leicester is absolutely spot on. They've got loads of injuries and they will have an end of season dip because they've had a lot of football as well. Let's forget, they've only just get knocked out of the Europa League. The injuries have taken their toll. Leicester are going to drop out of that top four. Man United, I'll go a stage further and say Man United because Solskjaer is an imposter. Um, he is pretending to be a football manager. I don't rate the guy whatsoever, uh, nor does Roy Keane, I don't think, deep down. And um, they're going to drop out of the top four as well. It's there for the taking. Having said all of that, we're going to finish fifth and we're going to win the Europa League yeah. and qualify like that because that is the Spurs' way of doing things. <laughs> what do you think the score will be against Palace on Sunday? Me? Yeah. Uh, 2-1, sneaky 2-1. I'm going to say 2-0. It's either we're going to win like that or it'll be a draw, so I'm going to go with a 2-0. I think um, if we can get something early... Well, if, if we get something early, it could be something similar to Burnley because it's going to be difficult for, for those kind of teams to get back into into it. But uh, yeah, I'll go 2-0. I think we're going to win. Uh, we owe them one after the, the last game and how great their keeper was. We had a bit of a Tim Krul that day, didn't he? Um, it just yeah. saved everything in a magnificent fashion. So, yeah, 2 0, let's hope that's, that's the case. Jamie? Well, I think Wilf Zaha is unfortunately going to make a return for the game, Ooh. which is Spurs uh, luck. But he's clearly not going to be fully match fit. Um, it's funny, our games seem to take a pattern this season. If we can get, we start very well. And if we can get that second goal before half time, yes. mm. just calm everyone down, both fans and players. Um, so I think if we can start really well and get 2-0 up at half time, then we might concede one in the second half, but we'll probably score another one as well. So I'm going to go with 3-1. 3-1, I like that. Yeah, I think I'll go with that as well. I reckon our old boy Andros will uh, will get one back for us. His, his father, Troy Townsend, has been on the pod, a good friend of the cheese room. Oh, um, so he's, sort of, he's a Spurs fan as well, so he's sort of torn between two whenever the Spurs play Palace. But uh, yeah, I reckon 3-1 too, and I reckon Andros I'll will get you, one. I'll tell you another uh, colleague of mine who, who's torn when Spurs play Palace, and that's Clinton Morrison, big Spurs Yeah, player. he is, isn't he? So, uh, so Clint will be cheering us on this weekend, even though we're against his old side. I actually was on a Premier League show with, with Clinton a couple of weeks ago, the Premier League TV or the fan zone. Um, and he had a good chat with, with Clinton about, about Spurs. Oh, you am chatting with Clinton Morrison. Yeah, he's a top boy. He's a lovely guy. Well, um, Majestic, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the same old Spurs pod. And as a pod producer myself, although tonight probably has a major question. <laughs> it's made me question. I'm questioning now. I tell you. <laughs> right, but seriously, the G6 production is through the roof. And your voice is all about you. You sound like Morgan Freeman's voice fucked James L. Jones's voice and had a little voice baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's immense, your voice. 
Um, so tell, tell our listeners about St. Rod Spurs because I want to get Do you know what? First and foremost, thanks for having me on your podcast uh, to talk about my podcast. One thing I'm really loving is, is the love between different podcasts. Obviously, being in like, you know, the music industry is quite a competitive industry like most. Uh, but with the podcast stuff, it just seems, obviously, we've got so much shit to talk week in, week out. It's nice to link up and do bits and bobs in each other's pods and push it. So, yeah, the same on Spurs podcast is uh, a podcast which was uh, came to life this season. So we're in our first season. It's with myself and my one of my lifelong friends, Anthony King, but we call him Gaza because he used to cry when he was younger. That's his nickname. Uh, and... <laughs> Yeah, and so Gaza's dad, Anthony, uh, Anthony's dad, Steve King, he was a player for Enfield. He's the most capped player for Enfield Town. We all grew up in North London, so he's a bit of a like local hero of ours. So yeah, football's been in, in, in our blood from a very young age and we're so competitive, the pair of us, even when we play uh, over Power League on a Thursday night or some football on a Saturday. Like We love it, do you know what I mean? So my life was always football growing up and then when I found music, it was football and music. So this pod is is us just talking about what we love because we I've been on a bit of a weight loss journey since June I think I've lost about four stone now because I became a bit of a fat bastard um, I still am a fat bastard so I've got a long way to go but <laughs> yeah anyway we just we just talked so much about Spurs on our on our walks and I was like do you know what like we have quite a bit of a laugh talking together and you know it, this would make a quite a good podcast so yeah we started doing that on a regular basis and yeah it's just grown and grown really quick and we've had some amazing guests we've had um we had bobby zamora on when we did the west ham preview we've had steve sidwell on marvin humes who's a big chelsea fan mc kai obviously garage legend um rule fox yeah we've had so many people already so far and it's it's just something that we just love to do and, and for me i've just found a real passion for it and obviously away from from, from my music spurs is, is is my other love i'm a season ticket holder uh in in like a almost a cheese room but we're not quite there yet uh in, in one of the exact bits so you know i spend a lot of money going to spurs i, I love our club and you know win lose or draw it, it's something that is is in my heart and soul and yes yeah, it's, it's lovely to talk about it week in week out no, it's a very enjoyable pod love listening every week uh, so cheese heads do get involved anyway you uh you get your podcast at spotify oh. itunes i'm assuming it's it's on all of the providers yeah it's, it's on all the different providers it's, like i said i'm so new to this podcast thing that like even setting that up i was like where, where do i host it like where does it go so it's on all the usual providers and we've got our own website sameoldspurs.com which has an embedded player uh which makes life easy for a lot of people because there are a lot of people out there that don't really understand podcasts and the whole subscribing thing and like rss feeds so it, we, we make it as simple as possible for people just to listen and enjoy and yeah we, we, we try and deliver one minimum once a week uh which drops always either sunday night monday morning and then sometimes we have extras where we do some preview stuff as well um and we, we just started a new series which is the sos legends where we speak to a, a spurs legend and we've just done episode one which come out uh, a couple of weeks ago with darren and which was a lot of fun. Jamie, coming to you as a fellow Irish, well, I'm half Irish. Um, I know that, that 99% of Ireland are united. You're Irish as well, Madge. Yeah, half half Irish. Uh, my mum is from Morafelt, which is a place near Belfast. So, yeah, man. You know it. Uh, oh, what a birded big man. What's the crack? You know that's So you do, Jamie. What a birded big man. Sorry. Yeah, no, um, Brian, you're spot on. It's, um, it's 99% Liverpool or Manchester United. So, I don't know how it happened. If I got a penny, a pound for every time I was asked that question, because at school I was surrounded by very happy Manchester United fans who were winning everything and reasonably happy Liverpool fans who were occasionally contending for things. 
and uh, I was just miserable the whole time because Spurs in the 90s, it was not the greatest period to be a Spurs fan. Um, but I think it came down to an uncle who bought me a Spurs shirt as a kid. My earliest memory is watching the 1990, my first footballing memory, I should say, is watching the 1991 FA Cup final wearing a Spurs shirt. So I know I was a Spurs fan by that point. But um, yeah, it's been 30 years of mostly misery since. But hopefully, <laughs> think, hopefully, I tell myself this every year, but hopefully the good times are about to come. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, it's the hope that kills you. It's the yeah, Spurs it is the way. Um, on, on, on your long at Sky, have you been able to get, get to any of the games to sort of see Spurs live since, without fans going as well? Not really, to be, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's. I think I'm right in saying it's a year ago to the day um, that we lost to Norwich, Norwich yeah. in, the, uh, yeah. in the FA Cup, which was a game that, um, yeah, well, let's just not mention it. It was one of... Definitely one of the low points of um, Spurs in the last few years. And that was, for a lot of people listening to this, that would have been the last time they were inside Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the last game with fans, when Eric Dyer famously strode into the crowd <laughs> afterwards. Um, so um, since then, I went to the Spurs-Chelsea game in the Cup, in the Carabao Cup, right towards the start of the season when we won on penalties. But I, that was as a, as a guest of Spurs. I appeared on N17 Live that night. Hey. And I've been to one other game, one only one other game as uh, in my Sky Sports capacity since, which was um, Wickham on an extremely cold Monday night in the Cup. Um, but again, got to see a victory. So um, I, I'm definitely the good luck charm so far this season. That I've been twice and I've got to see us win twice. But apart from that, no, it's slim pickings because the rules now are so strict around what, how many people they're allowed inside the stadium that Sky's sort of allocation of tickets is taken up by you know, whoever's working on the live game, which means that Sky Sports News were kind of down at the bottom of the pecking order. So Roy Keane, basically. Yeah, it's Roy Keane. Yeah. Just looking at the results tonight. Three 1-0 wins away from home tonight. Spurs winning at Fulham, Everton winning at West Brom, and Chelsea inflicting a fifth defeat in the in a row at Anfield. And Liverpool. Clop out, clop out. <laughs> I mean, the wheels have come off good and proper, haven't they? And he, the thing about Klopp is, he's one of them people, and I've called him out from it from time. He's like, don't pretend you're Mr. Nice Guy because you're not. As soon as it goes the wrong way for Klopp, he's like, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Go away. Like, literally, he's that guy. So it's just like, just be an arsehole from the off, like, like, a, like a Jose, and we know what we're getting. Don't, you know, that's why, you know what, that's why I don't mind Brendan Rodgers. He's just the same all the time. All he ever says, I'm very, very pro, very pro to my team. Like, that's what he does. He's just one level. Terrific character. He's a lovely human being. That's it. <laughs> Colo Torre. Yeah, that was brilliant, that one. Lovely Magnificent human being. human being with terrific character. Me, I've been listening to Madge's impressions all night, and it would be remiss of me not to mention that my, my award-winning impression uh, is oh, for a go. former Spurs manager as well, which I'm quite proud of. Unfortunately, he's not really involved in the game in England anymore, so I don't get much of an opportunity to, to wheel it out. But my Martin Yol oh. has had a lot. Wow, Jay, we need a Martin Yol off. Go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ah, uh, you know, in the uh, in the second half, we have a number of chances, and uh, maybe on another day, if uh, you know, <laughs> you mind if I was the sharpest, maybe it takes a couple. But uh, you know, overall, we've got to be pleased with the. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, well, you know, I expect the Maddo to go play. You know, with Bubatov as well. You know, I love Maddo, and with Bubatov is a he's a top player. You know, and Defoe as well, Kino. You know, the boys. You know, <laughs> I love the boys, and I love you too, Gabby. <laughs> Thanks, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. 
I'm not offering I'm, I'm anything. Like, I'm not offering I'm anything. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me something from the M1 Junction 18. Give me something. Uh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. You, I've used. I've used it all already. You've had it. <laughs> is that it? Is, is that, it cool? <laughs> that, is, that is it. That is as good as it gets. I'm afraid. <laughs> I love it. I've got, I've got a little keen, I suppose. Like, 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 I sometimes I get offended when people say I covered every blade of grass. Like, it's my job. Do you the postman when he delivers the mail? It's his job. It's my job. So, so when I hear that, I get, I get offended when people say oh, he covered every blade of grass against Juventus in the semi-finals. He's so angry, isn't he, Roy? He's yeah. so angry. I love, I love how angry he is. He's just so inside. annoyed. Inside, yeah. he's burning yeah. up. I know. It's just like... Basically. I don't know why. What drives you, Roy? What drives you? He's, um, he's a lovely bloke in the flesh, I have to say. I'm not just in that because he's a colleague and I'm terrified. Oh, no, of you him. are. You're absolutely backtracking. Let me tell you, we've got canned can, can footage of you. Um, you know, uh, ripping it, and now you're shitting no, it. That he's gonna, you're gonna get, to, like, you're gonna get to the studio. Is the highest form of flattery. I did because I love one. <laughs> you're gonna I'll get to what, the studio. I'll tell you what, that? the greatest thing, one of the greatest things about this season has been the bromance that has developed between Roy and Mike. Yeah, Chris. tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it is just Mike just knows how to press all his buttons. It's so <laughs> fun to watch. I think everyone knows how to press Roy Keane's buttons. Fucking hell. Well, Roy Keane knows how to press Jamie Redknapp. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Jamie Winfrey. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Right, there was a debate on it on the cheese room about this because um, there's a lot of hatred for uh, Jamie Redknapp. Yes, there is. A lot of hatred. Now, personally, um, I've got nothing against Jamie. Sign me an autograph beautifully. It's on my wall, on my Spurs shirt on my wall in, in the man cave. Um, nice guy. Seems pretty good to me. Um, but there's so much hatred for him. Anyway, the point was, he is there's, bitter. He is bitter. there's that much hatred that Brendan and co were actually like taking Roy's side, despite the fact that Jamie was defending Tottenham. <laughs> he wasn't defending Tottenham. He was, he was defending uh, Sergio Reguilon, who, who, by the way, has a buyout clause with, with, with Real Madrid. So he was picking up players that are on the shopping list for other teams. He wasn't defending us. He's, he's, defending he's hardly players. on the shopping list. He's he just to- left. Real Madrid. Yeah, can I let, let me stamp this one out for anybody listening, any Spurs fans that are petrified about Regulon going back to Madrid in summer. Anywhere. It's not yeah. going to happen. He's staying at Spurs. He might have a bad cause in the contract, but it's it's not a simple case of Madrid no. click their fingers and he comes back. It's it's down to Regulon himself, and he is absolutely loving life. Why London would he go manager. somewhere that basically the manager's told him you're my third, fourth choice and I don't want you? If the manager changes, there's that, like, divorce it and be there forever. It's yeah, but if he's is. loving life in London, why would he go? Happy, happiness is a big thing. You know, I've had big offers. I've had big offers, but the cheese room <laughs> is my spiritual <laughs> home, you know? You want me over on last word on Spurs. Well, listen, caller, you know, same old Spurs. We think you're a terrific lad, you know. If I'm in your game, well, you know. I'll get you and Craig, Joey, Crouchy's on the pod as well. You know, I love Crouchy's podcast as well. But, you know, you could come over with Nigo. <laughs> this is my point. Harry Redknapp is a lo- the loveliest guy. He's not bitter. Jamie is bitter on behalf of his dad. Right, J- Jamie, Jamie clear this up. I'm obviously not going to comment on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to be employed tomorrow morning. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, like I, I love Harry now. I did a Zoom with him with um, with Graham Roberts for the NHS and asked him a few questions. Like lovely, lovely guy. I love Harry Redknapp. I was gutted when he went because we played amazing yeah, football under him. That being said, we've moved on, and but Jamie seems to have sort of 
kept the bitterness of his dad sacking as opposed to his dad, who seems to be all right with it. His dad was like, you know, if, uh, I'm not even going to attempt it. Um, <laughs> you know, if Daniel, no, not going to happen. Um, if if Levy wants me, just call me. I'll be right down there when there's a when there was a vacancy. That was those were his words. He's over it, mate. Yeah, he well, is. No, he's, a, he's a TV celeb now, old Harry. King of the jungle, yeah. He's on that deck being a funny. That guy was a very funny sketch. To be fair, with those two, it was hilarious. So yeah, he's 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 like the man on the TV that you're getting now. You get him on a transfer deadline day, just mentioning Nico Crancher or Peter Crouch or telling the story about Ben Jani. Well, you know Ben Jani, you know Man City, nine million. I said Benny, they've already bought you. You got to go up there, Shat. He didn't want to leave. You know that's Harry now, and I love him for it. He loves that. He loves that Ben Jani. He does, doesn't he? He loves that one. That's his go-to. It's a great anecdote, to be fair. Almost like, almost as good as Peter Oddwingy's story about transfer deadline. <laughs> Flipping heck. Wicked, wicked. Well, before we go, just time to let you know about the latest Spurs prize you can win from our partners at footballprizes.co.uk. This week, it's a signed, framed Tony Ndombele shirt. There are still a few tickets available at 4 95 a ticket, but you do get a 10% discount with the promo code 10Gs. as one zero cheese. The draw is made on Monday, so good luck. Majestic. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, like, like I said, if any of the, the amazing cheese fans uh, want to come check out Same Old Spurs, come do it. Come enjoy us and get involved and tell us that you've come from here. Tell us that, oh, you heard Madge on the, the cheese room and, and I've come over to have a listen because we'd love to uh, hear from you guys. And, and it's been a great evening of fun, gents, after uh, what was quite a, a boring second half. Well, a second half that we thought, oh, here we go again. The podcast yeah. was, I'm going to put it out there that this pod is probably more fun than watching Tottenham play. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely the second. Jamie, thank you so much for joining. No, again, listen, thank you for having me. Any excuse to come on and just chat Spurs for a bit and uh, it's been great crack. And look, they're not all going to be free-flowing, easy in the eye wins like they were against Burnley on Sunday. This evening was definitely a bit uglier, but good sides have to learn to win ugly and hopefully we're now turning a corner. Keep the faith, Spurs fans. We're going to have a good end to the season. I can feel it in my bones. Love that positivity. Cool up. Cheers, mate. A pleasure as always, Bren, um, despite your technical problems. <laughs> It's third world internet, mate. Third world internet. What? I thought I did. I thought we lost you again, then. But it was, you just stunned oh, that I God. brought that up. Sorry. Yeah, no. Used to it. Used to it. No, it's always good. It's always good. Right, uh, team said, uh, do listen out for. We hope will be a review of an emphatic win over Palace of the weekend from Frank on the UK crew. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Up the Spurs. Up the Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.